Hello, and welcome to And I Must Scream, the horror podcast for whips. I'm your host, Kaylee Lawrence. Let's get scared, you big baby. So, guys, this is it. This is the very first episode. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining me. So if you don't know me, that's cool. If you do, that's even cooler. I'm a huge nerd. Been around for a little while, doing nerdy stuff. But lately, I've been on a huge horror kick. This is my newest obsession, guys. I am all in on horror. And I thought it would be really cool to just start this podcast so you guys could join me for this journey. There's no real gimmick to the podcast. Yes, the tagline is Horror Podcast for Wimps. That's just because I'm a wimp. You don't have to be a wimp to listen to this podcast. (laughs) In fact, you're probably not because if you like horror, you're not like me. You're not like a little bitch baby who watches it through your fingies while you're covering your eyes. That's how I do. As previously mentioned, your girl's a wimp. But one thing that I am going to do a little differently than I think a lot of horror podcasts is at the very top... I'm just going to give you some quick content or trigger warnings about whatever movie it is that we are about to cover, just because, you know, sometimes that's nice to have. Sometimes you have PTSD, you've got trauma of some kind, and though you love horror, you want that adrenaline rush, you want to get scared in a way that you get to control how you're being scared, you sometimes don't want to revisit thir- certain things, and I get that, and I am sympathetic to that. I'd like to reiterate that this has nothing to do with being a wimp. The wimp thing is on me. This has nothing to do with that. I just want to mention that because I don't want anyone to be offended. I'm not saying if you need trigger warnings, content warnings, you're a whip. It happens to the best. So just to briefly cover what I will actually be warning y'all about, if there is any mention or visual not to violence against or death of children, elderly, or animals, sexual violence of any kind, mental health betrayal, uh, such as institutionalized drug abuse, eating disorder, suicide, self-harm, things of that nature, slurs or racial violence, incest or child abuse, needles or anything like that, uh, as well as special warnings specific to films, as well as any kind of flashing lights or sensory issues. So again, those are just little things that I'm going to put up right at the very top of every episode. So obviously there will be spoilers. And on that note, there's going to be spoilers all up in this bitch. So all the movies I cover are going to be at least a year old. So yeah, I'm going to spoil you. I'm going to spoil this shit. It's going to get... If that's not something you're into, find a different horror podcast. So... Guys, for our very first episode, I'm so excited. I got to watch a movie I've been dying to watch, and holy crap, it was so good. I watched It Follows. So, It Follows was released in, well, it appeared at Cannes in 2014. It was released in 2015, I believe. The movie was filmed in Detroit. It was written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. In the movie stars Mika Monroe, Keir Gilchrist, Daniel Zovato, Jake Weary, and Olivia Luke. This cast is fantastic. These actors are amazing. I absolutely love her. Pardon me. I think probably my very favorite thing about this movie, aside from the amazing chemistry between the cast, was the score. Holy shit, the score. You guys, if you have not seen this movie, watch it for the score alone. It was put together by Disaster Piece, and it is amazing. I cannot say enough good things about this. All right. So while this beautiful score from Disaster Piece is playing, some fantastic things. We've got sweet, sweet Jay, who honestly looks like a really lovely girl. She goes on a date with Hugh. It does not go well. They reschedule. Hugh takes lovely Jay (laughs) to just a 
the real romantic location and they get down and dirty in his car and then after they fuck homeboy chloroforms your girl i don't know enough about chloroform i probably should look this up but holy shit it takes so long that scene is long. Like, he goes for a while. So, I don't know if he's just really bad at chloroforming people, which actually tracks, because he's probably never done it before. Or if chloroform just takes for fucking ever. Either way, that happens. And this is where we get our explanation about what is happening. Jay wakes up tied to a wheelchair, and he explains that because he has slept with her, he has passed on whatever this thing is to her. Someone passed it to him, and he's passed it to her, and he essentially tells her she needs to pass it on to someone else, or she's going to die. So at this point, Q shows Jay that there is, in fact, a totally naked woman slowly walking towards them from outside this uh, busted-ass warehouse that he has uh, tied her up in. And he explains the basic rules that he understands. These are not by any means hard and fast rules about this creature or the whole situation this is just what Hugh knows uh so he has slept with someone he got it from them etc etc it is always walking it is slow moving but it is not stupid so he's trying to tell her and show her this so that she knows that it is real that he is not bullshitting her and I can't decide if that softens the blow at all or not I don't think it does this guy's an asshole so oh real quick I just want to point out when they are on their first date, maybe not their first date, but the, when they are on the first date that we see them on in the movie, they go to the Redford Theater, which is in Detroit. And this theater, the only reason I know anything about it is because that is where Evil Dead premiered. And that is fucking cool. <laughs> I love Evil Dead. Definitely will be covering that at some point because that series is very near and dear to my heart. Ash is the first ever male character uh, that was not portrayed as a cartoon that your girl ever got a little crush on. So those movies mean a lot to me, and I will absolutely be covering them at some point. Yeah, so this whole thing takes place in Detroit, and it's very beautiful. And if you want to know a little bit more behind-the-scenes info about that particular fact, I highly recommend that you check out Dead Meat on YouTube. That is a fantastic channel. It's one of the main reasons that I've gotten so into horror. That as well as the channel Found Flicks. They're both fantastic. They focus a lot on horror. Dead Meat does Kill Count videos, which is amazing. They also have a great podcast, which is hosted by James A. Janice and his fiancée Chelsea. And Chelsea is one of the main reasons that I felt so comfortable getting into the horror genre to the point of actually starting a podcast because I was very hesitant, as a lot of nerdy women, geeky women will attest to, sometimes that fandom, that environment can not be so kind. But from everything I've seen, the horror genre is very loving and accepting, and it seems like a great place. And I just want to give a shout out to Foundflix and Dead Meat, because they are two of the channels that made me feel very welcome. Just are fantastic for, for newbies or veterans of the genre. I highly recommend you check them out. And yeah, that's my little extra bonus shout out for the episode. So Hugh drops Jay off at home and her friends see her. The scene is kind of tough to watch. He unceremoniously kind of dumps her on the road outside her house and her friends come running to her. They call the cops and the cops do seem to investigate, which is kind of cool. However, 
she does not actually know enough about Hugh. Hugh is not even his real name. And yeah, so he's clearly given a false identity so that he can pass this on. And Jay, I don't, <laughs> I don't think she believes quite what he had said at this point. It's very, very, very clear that she is deeply disturbed by the whole situation. However, she attends school the next day. I believe she is in, looks like, college. And at one point, she sees an old woman who is in a hospital gown walking towards her, but appears to be invisible to everyone around her. This scene is awful. (laughs) It's really fucking frightening. This old woman is just walking down the hallway towards Jay, and I think that's what really cements how scary this really is because you never truly know what this thing is like you don't know who it's gonna look like you don't know what it is sometimes it can be a complete stranger sometimes it's someone you know which is even more horrifying as we'll discuss much more later yeah this is it that's one of my favorite things about this that's what makes it so scary is you just you don't know the paranoia just seeps in it can be anyone and the different versions of the entity are fantastic the i'll I won't touch on it yet, but when we get to it, I'll tell you which one was my favorite. So at this point, Jay talks to her sister Kelly about the whole situation, as well as their friend Paul, and eventually it's very clear to them that something, that Jay is not okay. So Paul offers to stay the night, which is adorable, because Paul has a big old crush on Jay, and this is just another reason why I love this cast. They, the chemistry is fantastic. He portrays it so well. There's a really cute scene. He offers to stay at their house overnight just to make her feel safe, which is so precious. And she comes down and sits with him on the couch. And the whole interaction, I swear, is so reminiscent of <laughs> of conversations I have witnessed or been a part of. And it, it's just great. It's well written. It's well performed. I love it. The whole thing is shot so beautifully as well. At this point, they hear a sound in the house. Jay gets freaked out. Paul goes to check it out and discover that a window has been broken in the kitchen. So Paul runs upstairs to inform Yara and Kelly. Yara is uh, is one of the friends. She's the one who's always got her little clamshell phone thing device, uh, which I love and I want. It's so cool. She's constantly reading Dostoevsky off of it, which is dope. Uh, she also uses it as, as a flashlight at some point, so I think it's supposed to be your cell phone, but it is looks like a friggin' Polly Pocket case. Um, and yeah, I want it. That is one of the only things from this movie that I actually would like. So yeah, at this point, Jay goes to investigate in the kitchen after hearing the glass break. Well, Paul did not see anything. When Jay enters the kitchen, she sees a half-naked young woman walking towards her. And she is uh, straight up pissing herself. And she looks very disheveled, not so good. And this obviously frightens Jay. She runs upstairs and locks herself in her bedroom. I'm not the biggest fan of the jump scare that follows with the incredibly tall man. But this is when her friends, I think, really start to realize that something is very wrong. That she's not just upset, but that she is in fact seeing things. Jay escapes the house and runs to a playground, which is not weird at all. And it's at this point that their across the way neighbor Greg offers help. He sees Jay as she's fleeing the house and he winds up at the playground as well, offers his help. He derives them around. They figure out who this Hugh guy really was after checking out the house that he rented. 
and they track him down they talk to him (laughs) at his mommy's house which is somehow so fucking hilarious and he basically tells her just go fuck someone else do what i did just pass that shit along because as previously mentioned this dude is an asshole so hugh slash jeff basically tells them to go the fuck away he doesn't want them near him and at this point they decide that it's best to get away because this entity can only walk if they drive far enough they get a little bit of time so greg takes them all out to his family's land <laughs> while he's there he teaches jay how to shoot which as we see later does absolutely nothing at all which is fair i mean after one shooting lesson you're not gonna learn a ton but yeah the kids they're just hanging out relaxing down by the water and this is one of my favorite scenes so you do see the kids are sitting around just relaxing you see yara walking up behind jay but then in another shot you see yara floating by in the water on a flotation that is terrifying that one got me that one definitely got me and it's at this point that everyone else starts to see that there is more to this because Jay gets her hair pulled by the entity and everyone sees this. And they run away at some point. Sweet, sweet Paul gets chucked across the beach and you do see that there are some marks left on him. So this is very obviously really happening. <laughs> Jay attempts to shoot the Yara entity and lands, I think out of five or six shots, lands one uh, at embarrassingly close range. And this thing does not go down. And that is when we, well, shortly after that is when we get, in my opinion, the best slashed worst jump scare. I mean, I knew it was coming. I only don't like it because the jump scare is a child. The entity is taken on the form of a child. But looking at this kid that they got to play it, he looks like such a little asshole. <laughs> Sincerely, he looks like a little shit disturber. Like, like if you've ever worked in retail, this is the type of kid that comes into your store with a chocolate ice cream cone that's melting all down his sticky little shitty kid fingers. And then he starts touching shit in your store. That's what this kid looks like to me. And honestly, that's more terrifying than anything else in this movie. Yes, yeah, so at this point, Jay loses her shit. She hops into Greg's car and proceeds to get into an accident. Uh, wakes up in the hospital with a busted up arm and a cast. It's here that dear sweet Greg, neighbor boy, gives our heroine his noble, noble penis. This is some teenage boy shit. Like this, both of these teenage boys, they are lining up to fuck Jay, even though they're being told that if they do, an unseen entity is gonna fucking come for them. They're like, yeah, that's worth it. That's, let's do this. I am noble as shit, and I'm gonna get my dick wet. So, your boy Greg has sex with Jay in the hospital, uh, but I, <laughs> I don't, he really clearly doesn't think this thing is real, but he's gonna get his dick wet anyway. From this point, he's saying he doesn't, he's not seen anything, but there's also sent some ambiguity here. Potentially, he has maybe slept with someone else, but maybe not because a few days later, Jay sees Greg walking into Greg's house. But it is very clear that this is not actually. And because we know previously, Hugh slash Jeff has said he can see the entity. So we know that Jay 
is able to see the entity as well. So the not Greg enters Greg's home and Jay tries to call Greg if he doesn't answer. So she runs across the street to the house. She gets in there and she sees this part super fucked up. She sees the entity in the form of Greg's mother. And Greg's mama is scantily clad. Uh, she's got a robe on and uh, nothing else. She's hammering on Greg's door. He answers. And though Jay tries to warn him, it leaps on him and fucks him to death. And Jay sees this. And this is obviously fucking terrifying. So your girl runs away and she spends the night outdoors. And at this point, we get some more ambiguity. We do see that Jay sees some boys, some young fellas hanging out on a boat. She strips down and appears to head towards the boat. But that's it. We don't see anything else. We don't know what happened. Did she sleep with them? One of them? All of them? Who knows? The ambiguity there is just part of why this movie is. So again, we get some more sweet, sweet noble boners as Paul once again offers to sleep with Jay. She declines. Obviously, he did that with Greg. And he is... <laughs> Jay, I would like to point out, it's here that she mentioned that she did previously sleep with Greg. Um, which kind of helped. It's a little more believable in terms of how quickly that shit happened. Because just a, you know, a light, delicate shoulder squeeze in the car here. Some glances back and forth there. And then, oh, bam! They fucking in a hospital bed. Uh, but that's because not only is Greg so noble i shouldn't speak ill of the dead but what's up he straight up didn't believe that shit he just wanted to get laid um yeah that just it just happened real quick i thought that was a little funny but apparently they've slept together before so you know sometimes old habits die hard don't know what that's like at all so sweet paul gets shot down because she does not want to pass it on and it's here that paul disguises disguises What's up, guys? <laughs> I don't know how to talk. It's here that Paul determines he's got a great idea for how to kill the entity. And this is another area which gets a lot of criticism. Because their plan to take out this entity is questionable. <laughs> but they're teenagers. I think that a lot of people forget that. They don't want to tell parents they don't want to call cops it get mentions they mention that a couple times should we tell mom should we call the cops that gets brushed under the rug they want to deal with this themselves because they don't think people will believe them so this plan that they come up with is a plan that that a group of terrified kids would come up with they decide they're going to lure the entity into a swimming pool and just try to fry it with a bunch of electronics they put them all around the edge of the pool plug them all in and have Jay in the pool as bait. You know, not a great plan, but again, it, I think it's perfect. I think it perfectly fits this whole thing. And the criticism, I think, is unnecessary. This movie is so solid. This is an indie movie, and it kicks so much ass. <laughs> so from here, we do discover that the entity has taken on the form of Jay and Kelly's, at least I think maybe he's just, he ain't around no more is the point. And you do at some point see their dad, their, the, the entity, hanging dong up on their roof as they drive off towards the pool. 
So we do know that it is on its way. And it when it arrives, it is still in the form of their father. But instead of hopping up into the pool, because as Hugh mentioned, it's not stupid. It just starts throwing all the shit that they've lying at the edge of the pool <laughs> with at poor Jay. And I believe it's a chair hits her on the head and she starts bleeding in the pool. Because yeah, guys, what the hell? So luckily... Jay does not get electrocuted, but she starts freaking out. She doesn't want to stay in the pool any longer. And I think this is when one of the, probably one of the most talked about things, before I even knew anything about this movie, anything at all about this movie, I heard about this scene. When Jay's sister Kelly throws a sheet, she just keeps throwing it into the the general vicinity of where she thinks this thing is, and eventually it lands on it. That shit is so scary. If I hadn't heard about it before I saw the movie, it probably would have freaked me out a hell of a lot more than it already did. But yeah, that, that, that's terrifying. And also at this point, Sweet Paul begins firing at the entity and does a terrible job because he fucking shoots Yara in the leg. If I was Yara, I would be so pissed. Like, this shit has not been fun for her. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Come on, Paul. So poor Yara's gotten shot in the leg. Paul, after Kelly throws the sheet over the entity, it's very clear now where it is. So Paul shoots it in the head, falls into the pool where Jay still is. And then it starts grabbing at Jay and attacking her in the pool. And Paul fires into the pool, which, hey, maybe not your best plan, but whatever. And eventually does shoot it, it releases Jay, and the pool fills up with blood that only Jay can see. If you think <laughs> that the entity is dead after that, that's very nice and happy. But no fucking way did that end it. Never mind the fact that when it was previously under the guise of Yara on the beach, Jay shot it kind of in the neck and it still got up. I, I really don't think that a gunshot wound is taking this thing down is all I'm saying. So at this point, these kiddos think that they have Juan and sweet Jay and sweet Paul have some sweet, sweet sex. I mean, I'm assuming. And there's a really gosh darn sweet moment here where Paul asks Jay if she feels any different. And word for word, that is what the guy who took my virginity said to me after we had sex. Right after he said, Please don't tell anyone we did. That's a different story. So anyway, that's adorable. And I love the ambiguity that follows where Paul drives past some prostitutes. But you don't know whether or not he's actually stopped. That's all left open-ended. I just love that. I love the whole... Yeah, this paranoia, the unease, it never stops from start to finish. There is not a moment where you do not know if these people are safe. Specifically, the very last shot is of Jay and Paul walking down the street together holding hands, which is cute as hell. But you see a figure walking behind them. Slow and stand. Come on. You just know. You know! Anyway, holy goddamn, that's how the movie ends. And that's how you end a movie. Wow. Such a freaking great movie, you guys. If you haven't seen It Follows, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what to expect. I knew what the overall plot, but I don't think I was prepared for how beautiful it was going to be. The cinematography 
is amazing. The wide-angle lens they use throughout basically the whole movie is phenomenal. I adore it. The score, as previously mentioned, holy shit, floods my basement. You should listen to the soundtrack. It's amazing. I loved it. I cannot recommend this movie enough. If I were to assign it points on a completely arbitrary point scale, I would give it 48 out of 50 spooky little asshole kids that scare you in the source. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for me. That's it for our arbitrary point system. It Follows was released in 2014, directed by David Robert Mitchell. I recommend you give it a watch. Enjoy it. Soak in the paranoia and the discomfort, the unease of it all. It was fantastic. I'm Kaylee Lawrence. This has been And I Must Scream. Thank you so, so much for listening. I so appreciate it. And if you decide you want to stick around for next week's episode, we are going to be covering The Witch. And I am thrilled. I've been dying to watch that movie for a while. I've been putting it off. But your girl's going to go watch it right this instant. All right, kids. I hope you all got sufficiently spooked. I love you all. Have a great night. And bye-bye.